Welcome back to Highlights from the Cliff. I know it's been a very long time since we've recorded anything, but we're back. And um, I would classify today's show as a little bit of a heavier than usual, but it's definitely topics that we need to cover. But before we jump into everything, my name is Whitney. I'm Autumn. And we and have a guest with us today. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, uh, I guess I'll just give a little introduction. Yeah. Okay. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Christina. If you are in the meme program, you already know me um, as a incoming second year. Um, but I uh, a little bit about me. I just graduated from Carnegie Mellon undergrad um, this past December as a major in decision science. Right now, this summer, I'm doing an internship with a small production company called Threshold um, with Autumn, our second internship we have together, actually. And then um, I'm also doing an externship with UTA. That's awesome. Welcome to the podcast, Christina. Um, One thing that we should definitely mention if things are a bit off is because we are actually doing this recording completely remote. Um, all of our other recordings were, of course, in person. So this is definitely new to us, as I'm sure it is to the listeners as well. Um, but how have you guys been doing during uh, the whole quarantine thing? It's been a lot. I ended up packing up my apartment in Pittsburgh and moving back in with my parents for a couple of months in Texas, which was one more move across the country that I was not hoping to make because... <laughs> All of us have to move to Los Angeles for our degree program, but putting another move on top of that um, is is a lot. It's asking a lot of a person, I think. So I think I'm like trying to just be patient with myself and get what I can done and try to just be better every day and it's working fine. How are you? I mean, I I just picked up an embroidery hoop yesterday, so I'm excited to to do some more skill developing as I have nothing else to do. Um, I've been doing a lot of origami. I've been doing a lot of like small things to kind of, you know, keep myself busy. But overall, I feel like it's been as best as it can be for the situation. So I'm feeling pretty okay. Yeah, I know, at least for me, uh, I also moved home for a couple of months during the quarantine. So I moved from Pittsburgh to Maryland, but then I actually made uh, the move out to LA about three weeks ago. So I'm out here and things are going about as good as they can be be going right now. Uh, I'm doing a lot of work um, for my internship with Brett through Carnegie Mellon. And uh, that's about 30 hours a week of just research. So it's a lot. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, but since we went through our introductions, why don't we just go ahead and jump into some things? So um, and possibly one of the larger news and entertainment that has come out this week is TikTokers trolling Trump for his Tulsa rally. Let's talk about that. I love TikTok. I love TikTok. I'm so happy. Like, this is such a legitimate, you know, like, form of protest. Like, people are always saying, like, oh, 
like I, I always see these uh, pr- uh, headlines about it talking about like how like Zoomers are, are pranking Trump. I'm like, no, like this is like people are rallying. People are like actually protesting. This is like such a valid way of, of you know, like expressing like especially for young people who, um, you know, have a limited means of, of, of showing their activism and showing uh, what they want to do. And, and this was so effective. So I was so happy. And I've always loved TikTok. So like people always like kind of, you know, it's like, oh, it's so corny. Oh, I don't understand it. But now I'm like, yes, like <laughs> good is coming out of it. I'm so happy. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, getting validation from the mass media about uh, a social network that you utilize. I know I downloaded it back in March. So I'm definitely full swing on that TikTok train. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Autumn? Um, I'm old and I don't use TikTok and I'm just, you know, I'm willing to put myself fully with both feet in the millennial camp, even though I kind of straddle the line here with my birth year. Um, but I think that's really interesting what Christina was saying about people not taking teenagers seriously for the things they're able to achieve on social media and the internet. Because I never really thought about it like that until you said it. Because it largely was teenage girls and like K-pop fans who did this, right? Like they ended up reserving over a million tickets, quote unquote, to the Tulsa rally when only maybe like, what do we want to say? Like 10,000 max, 10,000 people maximum actually showed up to the rally. Yeah, less than a third of the space for sure. It it was sparse in there. I think it was 6,900 or something like that that actually showed up. Ooh. It it wasn't a whole, whole lot of people, especially since it maxed out at 19,000. Wow. So this is a really big deal for teenage girls, like to be able to do something <laughs> like this, mm-hmm. organized on the internet. This is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely incredible the amount of uh, support you can just garner through... Uh, utilizing the internet it's definitely been something that people have known about like connecting with people from all over just by using social media but seeing this connection happen for actual good um and also just to troll trump which is kind of like peak uh performance on social media so i think uh this whole thing coming together when it did is kind of iconic and i'm here for it (laughs) snaps snaps for that snaps for that right (laughs) so uh let's talk about um kind of like transitioning more into what this whole podcast is kind of about which is uh black lives matter and let's start off with uh more than a vote yeah so that is actually an endeavor by lebron james and other Uh, NBA and celebrities from all over the place really uh, coming together and supporting voting rights, which are constantly always under attack. Let's be clear about that. Um, We have to fight for everything. Everything, you know? The the vote is like the basic right of being American. And it should be protected at all costs. And there's a lot of things that are happening in the federal government that are trying to prevent people from exercising their civic duty. And I agree that what LeBron James and his coalition is doing is absolutely necessary. 
Yeah, I um I took this class. I did a semester in DC like last year, last fall, and one of the classes I took um was race and democracy or the shading of democracy and it was about um race and how, you know, in politics um there are so many things that are hidden from plain sight and so many things that are so institutionalized and systemic, so um extremely relevant right now. And um one of the things that really stuck with me that my teacher said um, my professor said uh, that voting is a privilege, not a right. And I feel like we as a United States, like regularly, like in the United States, we're kind of grown up in this in this environment that like we're in a democracy, like everyone when you're 18, you have the right to vote. But really not everyone can vote, um, has the ability to vote like physically or, you know, because they um, were in the prison system, they can um, vote and or, you know, location wise because of their disability. So many, so many various types of people like cannot or or just can't yeah they just can't make it to polling places um so i think it's really really important that i think voter suppression should be a more um exposed topic and so i'm just happy that you know i think celebrity power is way 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 more powerful in today's age than any other age um so i'm happy so many resources are going towards you know this yeah, I I absolutely agree with that statement and um kind of just hitting on the fact that not everyone has the opportunity to vote. Uh that really just uh looks at like if you look at um communities of color, a lot of polling places are shut down in those areas. They're like one of the first ones to go. So the ones that do remain open, those lines are significantly longer. And then if you actually take into account that um like the day to vote isn't a national holiday, so people actually have to go to work. That even ties into that whole voter suppression thing because a lot of people can't take off work in order to go vote. And um, also gerrymandering is a very, very big issue, especially in the state of Georgia, which uh, made headlines for um, voter suppression and the massive long lines that uh, they had during the coronavirus and the initial vote uh, voting. So like there's so many things that are tying into this. And I'm so glad that LeBron James did decide to use his platform to speak out against this because it's been an issue. It's been in the news, but it hasn't gotten the uh, um, what's the word like exposure, I guess, that it deserves. Because even though like mainstream media is talking about it, it just gets uh, glossed over as soon as Trump opens his mouth to say something crazy. So uh, I agree, this is a very uh, important issue that needs to be uh, spoken about and taken seriously, especially moving towards the 2020 election, which arguably could be the most important election of our generation. Yeah, I think uh, I wish people were a little bit more informed about how it's not just, it's not, it's everybody, right? Like everybody who can vote should vote and we need to make it available to people, whether that's through mail-in ballots being widely distributed or um, I think there's a couple other options out there, but those are the ones that I know about. Um, and even... Even things like, you know, being able to print the form out for the mail-in ballot in your house is like a privilege, right? Like a lot of people don't even own a printer, you know? So it's things like that, that we need to think about each piece of the puzzle here. 
we should just have electronic polling. I don't understand. <laughs> we could we could just do it securely online. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Russians already hacked their elections, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I remember seeing someone post about how uh, we can securely deposit our checks via via a picture through our app, but we can't vote online and how outdated our voting system is and i 100 percent agree with that like it, it's crazy that we trust our cameras to deposit our hard-earned money into our bank accounts but we can't do the same thing when it comes to determining the future of our country yeah it's crazy to me that you even have to register to vote i feel like when you turn 18 you should be able to vote like i don't know why like maybe i'm just simplifying things but i just feel like it would encourage a lot more people to vote first off second of all like some people just forget to register and then they're they're screwed like during voting time you know like sometimes like people i don't know i i think ugh, i don't know my two cents (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess that's why we have to rely on celebrities like ariana grande who really encouraged their fans at uh like their concerts to register to vote but of course now corona and everyone's indoors and there's no concerts we really need to encourage people to sign up online oh actually about that i saw on instagram because one of my friends started this this challenge um where it's like tag five friends to like register to vote and then like post your post like a picture of when all of them are have registered um and so they had this like little instagram sticker like vote or like register to vote or something like that and i clicked it and when i clicked that sticker you know sometimes it brings you to like a tag of everyone with that sticker sometimes it brings you to like a website or whatever this literally pulled up um voter registration like you could do it through instagram through the sticker oh that's awesome it was so cool like i like i already registered to vote so i didn't have to do it but i was just like that is so convenient and so awesome for like young people who might not like have that knowledge, you know, like no one knows unless you t- are told. Um, so like, you know, I-, I can just imagine like some kids like clicking on being like, oh, like this is how you register to vote. It's so easy. It only takes two seconds and you can do it through Instagram, which I'm already on. Like, I don't know. I thought that was genius when I, when I saw that. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think that's uh, a great utilization of that platform, especially since so many people actually, uh, utilize instagram isn't it like uh either the most utilized or the second most utilized social media platform maybe like right behind facebook but it's owned by facebook so it doesn't really matter right (laughs) it's all in the conglomerate (laughs) right (laughs) i was gonna say speaking of conglomerates let's talk about beyonce (laughs) (laughs) that was a good one that was a good one yeah (laughs) tell me what beyonce did this week like Beyonce- she does something great every week, right? Listen, Beyonce dropped a song. <laughs> and it's I called Black it. Parade. <laughs> I liked it so much. I, I I was listening to it a lot today. Um, and I think she uses like African beats in the background. Like that's that's what I kind of like thought was going on. But I just really I, I like how she oh she always does stuff like this right like she's always like like really pushing black voices like black performers black dancers black crew members like like she is always trying her best to like do stuff like that and i'm like that's what you should be doing if you have that platform you know like i don't know i have so much respect for her great lady i love this song you know i love the lyrics i love how there's so many lyrics 
and I love how you can deep dive into all of it. Like each each line has something that's meaningful and just really touches your heart in it. I don't know. And the way it opens just really hits me. I mean, I'm not, okay. I'm not black. Okay. So the song is not really for me, but this, the beginning about like going home to the South just like really hits me hard because I am from the South and it's hard to learn how to love yourself here. And I think that's true for like a lot of people. So like just the way that she framed it in the beginning, I felt like she was like talking to me in a way and it was really cool. Awesome. <laughs> Getting a little emotional here. That's so sweet. Yeah, but also like if you dig deeper into like the second verse of the song, like some of the lyrics are just like I I don't even know how to explain it. She's literally just such a lyricist and she can convey a message in such a way that like everyone will be like, Oh my gosh, this song is such a bop and then you'll actually start reading the lyrics and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is like actually like meaningful things that's also just so happens to be a bop. Um and like like one of one of the lines that just like pops out uh right now is rubber bullets bouncing off me like that's something that's super relevant right now with a lot of the peaceful protests going on um and she even mentions like the pandemic and um of course like I am black and so I have like my naturally curly hair and then she said uh f these laid edges I'm gonna let it shrivel up like I relate I hate laying edges because uh, I can't do it. Um, but yeah, like, I just, I love it. Motherland drip on me. Yes, please. Let's go. Like, I, I'm just here for it. I'm here for this entire song. It's so, it's so good. Yeah, everything you said. Everything you said. <laughs> it's just so joy. It's like joyous and it's full of heartache and anguish, but also like the joy of, of Black life. Mm-hmm. Which I think that, like, both of that comes, like, it's almost hand in hand. It's, like, two sides of the same coin. It's, like, even though, uh, like, Black people have gone through so much hardship and so much struggle, like, we're still able to find that joy in life. We're still able to really uh, connect with one another and just, uh, like, embrace what we have, but also still fight the injustice that we see and experience on a daily basis and I think um I think Beyonce does a really good job at like putting that out there on like a mass scale so that everyone can see it um I don't know if you guys listened to her uh like 2020 address for the graduates but she even mentioned how uh she started her own label because she really didn't feel like uh she had that much of a voice at the table with all the white music executives. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, Beyonce doesn't really have a voice at the t Beyonce. So um, she was just like, you know, what? forget this. I'm out. I'm starting my own thing. So uh, I think that was uh, really great on her part to actually stand up and do that and take her life and what she wanted to do in her own hands. Hell yeah. Yeah, so, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben, right? About damn time. Can I just say, 
like about really and truly time. yeah wow i'm i'm i mean i'm not surprised that it took this long but also i think it's one of those things that are so integral in not integral wrong word so like casual in day-to-day life for so many people like you you i like grew up eating jemima the syrup that was like our syrup brand and like i saw her face every day and like i wasn't old enough back then to you know have any concept of what anything meant and like you know as you get older it's something that you're so used to and then like all of a sudden you're like wait a minute like all of these small symbols like small small symbols you're like why has this existed so prevalent prevalently for so long like it really it's like really shocking how many how many like small things like aunt jemima and like uncle ben and like eskimo pies and washington redskins and all these things like (laughs) these small symbols that are like just so casual to everyone they're like really not okay (laughs) Yeah, like, the crazy thing for me is that, like, growing up, uh, like, in Maryland, I, and also my dad's favorite uh, football team was the Redskins, so I grew up liking the Redskins, and it was just, like, it was just another football team for me until I was about... I want to say like eight or nine and then I started to see like these headlines of like hey the Redskins should change their name because it's racist and I was like oh my gosh yeah it is like this isn't something that's okay and it continued to be something that periodically came up in conversation I remember it was a big thing when I was in middle school and then Obama had called them out uh I think it was in like 2015 um And so just like periodically, it kept being brought up and they never did anything about it. And I believe the owner was even like, I'm not changing it. I don't care what anyone says. And so that also just like stuck out to be like, oh, okay. um, (laughs) You know what? Maybe I'm going to go with the Ravens as my team. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Because, like, I I can't sit back and support something like that. But even though the Redskins was, like, in the forefront of my mind growing up, I never turned to Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben's and was like, you know what, this is actually a problem, too. Because it was just something that I just, I was so used to seeing, like, Aunt Jemima was, like, the syrup. Um, Uncle Ben's, like, he had the, like, 90-second rice that you just popped in the microwave. Like, it was just something that was super easy, and it was really good. And so it wasn't something that I, like, fully equated with racism. And now that I'm, like, starting to realize the historical context of everything, I'm really starting to realize how problematic it is. And it's like, this shouldn't stand just as strongly as uh, the Redskins needs to change their name. Like, it's all on the same, like, playing field for me. Like, this all needs to be changed. And I'm glad Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, Eskimo Pie, like, they're all taking, like, responsibility and wanting to change. But then, like, Redskins, y'all got, y'all better do better. Like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I want someone to come for KFC next. People have been coming for KFC and we still haven't, like, gotten the message here that it's disgusting. <laughs> like, <laughs> The branding of it is just really messed up uh, with the Colonel, and I, I want to lump them in with the Redskins. Let's get go for them next. Twitter, do your thing. Right? Cancel culture. Here we go. Also, I'm not a fan of KFC's chicken to begin with, so, like, take them down. Like, Team like, Popeyes. Here we go. Popeyes. 
Popeyes is where it's at. Um, I, yeah, I was just thinking about this, like, as you were saying that, um, Whitney. Um, like, a lot of the defensives for Southern people defending the con- the Confederacy and defending their heritage and defending all this stuff. I was just watching a Vox video last night, so that's why I was thinking about it. Um, the Daughters, or I think it was called Daughters of the Confederacy, was a group of, like, really rich, white, prominent um, women um in the south that were all uh daughters of like the richest like plantation owners like the most like they were the eight girls of that time and um when all of their the men were going off to the confederacy and um they put out this whole and and they lost like they put they were scared of um before they lost they were scared of like losing their power um losing their you know if if they did lose like like they would lose their status they would lose all this stuff and so they put this entire like i think it was the biggest effort to um change change american history in terms of i'm I'm doing air quotes here um (laughs) in, in terms of um you know changing the context of what it is and and um basically they were saying that the confederate or the south and the confederate flag and all these things um the civil war it was about um defending their land and defending um like it wasn't a slavery wasn't the first and foremost thing that um the civil war was about and that it was about um the north oppressive power um rather than you know we wanted slavery and they didn't want slavery like like they totally re and they had textbooks that were put in schools um they had all and they were they're responsible for almost all of the confederate statues in the south um it was really interesting i highly recommend it um it was a piece on box everyone watch it um but i was thinking about how a lot of people like at this point you know it's the age of information digital knowledge um there's no excuse not to you know know that the confederate flag is not totally inappropriate um but i can totally understand someone who has no idea of that context like it grows up like not it's not that they're ignoring things it's like they were taught wrong things you know like it totally decontextualizes stuff it makes it seem like not a big deal even though the rest of the world knows how big of a deal it is like to this person they might not fully understand they might not fully recognize because no one gave them that information that knowledge to really you know reflect on why the confederacy is so like we should regard them not in the way that they are regarding them um and i was thinking things like aunt Aunt jemima and and uncle ben us seeing these in in day-to-day life it's it's such a such a simple and casual way that we are decontextualizing these like minstrel shows and and um the origins of like um you know i i guess like black entertainment like how united states used black uh faces for entertainment like it totally decontextualizes all of that to such a state that no one even knows like i i doubt that barely any of these people who are using all these products regularly knew where these things came from knew like the the history and weight of it um exactly like you said Whitney like it's just such common pla- like everyone has syrup in their house you know everyone has ready rice in their house and and you just see these faces it's so decontextualized um yeah yeah, and yeah I, I, like I like what, what you, you said, said about, about kind of how how our institutions like water these things down and weave them into the fabric of our lives without contextualizing it because I really want to frame these issues as things that you, the listener, you have the right to this information, okay? You are an American citizen. You are in the 21st century. You are entitled to having the correct factual information so that you 
can make a choice yourself, hopefully the right choice to not be racist, to be actively anti-racist. But if you have all the information given to you in a plain, very easy to understand historical context, you will be a better person for it. I promise you. You need to start framing these issues in your head if you're having a hard time with this as something that is your patriotic duty to know about the people that you share this country with and to support them in their struggles for freedom and equality because that's what being a good American is about, in my opinion. And I think that kind of like segues really well into this next topic we were going to talk about, which is how HBO Max has pulled Gone with the Wind from their streaming library momentarily while they put it in its historical context with the help of a black scholar named Jacqueline Stewart. Um, And I believe she is from the University of Chicago Department of Cinema and Media Studies, and she also hosts TCM's Silent Sunday Nights. So what do we think about giving uh, the Gone with the Wind a proper contextual introduction? I think it's necessary. I I don't think a work like that, especially since it's the highest grossing uh, film once you adjust for inflation, should just be presented without context. I believe it was released in the 19, like 1937, I think. Um, I probably have the date wrong off the top of my head, but I think that's when it was released. Um, so even though uh, it was created then, like it still needs historical context for the time period in which it exists. And uh, it shouldn't be just watched without it because a lot of the uh, portrayal of Black people in that movie can be romanticized because a lot of uh, like the southern era at that time is romanticized amongst a lot of people if you take a look at uh how people love getting uh married on plantations it's like that's kind of an iffy thing like it shouldn't be uh like you shouldn't romanticize plantations but then plantations take that extra step and being like no you should come here because it's like historical and it's beautiful but they completely just like bypass all the information about all the horrific things that happened on that plantation. Um, so, but if like there, I don't know for sure if there are, but if there were plantations that went into the historical context of like, Hey, this is what happened here, but we are taking like the extra step to preserve uh, this area. And if you would like to get married here, then you can, but having that historical, uh, context there I think is important so that people can make um like a holistic decision about what they are getting themselves into without blindly ignoring uh atrocities that have happened so I think in the age of information we need to be as informed as possible when making decisions whether that's where I'm going to get married or if I actually want to watch this movie and um continue giving it financial success yeah um going off that point i was thinking of like um i saw a lot of tweets recently you know saying how germany doesn't have nazi memorials they have you know jewish remembrance memorials like they really like respecting the victims and in the same way like Auschwitz is a place that people can go and visit and learn about the atrocities and learn you know like that is a 
a significant historical site that still exists that people can go like with the mindset of okay like I'm here to educate myself I'm here to you know um pay respect to victims and all of these things um and you know that is a very very doable thing (laughs) to do with plantations being like no no other way cutting it like antebellum period is like a huge part of american history it's not a right part but it's a huge part of it like we should be learning from it we should be growing from it like you know there's some monuments and 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 it kind of goes hand in hand with everyone like defacing and taking down these confederate statues you know um i think that like there's a place for statues i think those that place is for in museums you know where they're they're surrounded by plaques and surrounded by information where like you can learn actually about the history of like robert e lee and like what the fuck he did rather than sorry i don't know if i can curse on this sorry um (laughs) what the hell he did rather than just seeing his face every day when you go to a park or in front of a school or like um you know it 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 changes the context of like honor to education and 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 you know like recognizing that this did happen and it shouldn't you know like that that happened in the past so it doesn't need to happen again and and we don't need to have these same mindsets that we had in the past which we very much do like so many places very much do so um i think that's like a really interesting point and i think that is like sickly hilarious that people love getting married on plantations like that is so like like you know, a <laughs> way to really be so privileged and ignorant that you just have no problem with that, you know. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds got married on a plantation and it was like massive. People were talking about it. Oh, and two such like I really like Ryan Reynolds. Like, why? <laughs> Why'd you have to do that to me? Damn. Yeah, but I think uh Going back to like the gone with the wind thing, I think context is the utmost important uh, thing when it comes to this um, movie. Yeah, I mean, this was like one of the first times that there are like multiple black people in a movie, you know, like that even of itself is like atrocious because movies had already been around for like decades, you know, at this point. Um I'm forgetting the name of uh, the actress who played uh, Mammy. Um, Patty McDaniels. Patty McDaniels. Yeah. Um, And she won, uh, I think it was an Oscar for her uh, performance. And a lot of people were like invalidating a lot of uh, arguments about whether or not to take the movie down because they were like, oh, well, she was the first African-American to win an Oscar and it was because of this movie. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't uh, negate the fact that there, this movie needs to be put in historical context so that people who end up watching this movie from this moment forward fully understands the scope of everything. And, um, then also realizing on top of that, that uh, the first African-American woman won an Oscar because of it, I think would uh, be a much better portrayal of that movie than it is at its current standing. Right. And it's like, just because this movie got made and Hattie McDaniel won an Oscar, it doesn't mean that she could not have been cast in a different, better representative role and still won an Oscar, right? Like those things exist independent of each other. And that's like important to remember is, that the choices the choices that people make in the past 
we can still look at them with a critical eye and appreciate what they have given to the world at the same time. There's nothing wrong with doing that. That's just a natural part of creating art and then letting it out into the world. You are opening it up to other people's opinion, to their input, to their criticism, to their acceptance throughout all of time. It is not, no longer up to the creator or the person who starred in it or whatever to decide what it means now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Christina. Oh, I was going to say, I um, watched Hollywood recently. I don't know if you guys watched it, um, but Hattie McDaniel is a, like, a, there's a fiction, Queen Latifah plays Hattie McDaniel in the show um, because there's, like, an up-and-coming black actress and, and Hattie McDaniel is, like, um, you know, like, kind of like her, whatever, reaching out to her and being like, oh, be strong. You know, this is a tough industry out here. Um, and it's set in, like, the golden age of Hollywood. And I fact-checked this because they said it in the show. Um, and so I was like, oh, really? Um, but Hattie McDaniel, when she was nominated for this Oscar, she couldn't even sit in the theater. Like, she wasn't even allowed to sit in the theater. She had to wait in the lobby. And someone told her, like, if, if you get... Um, if you win, someone will come out and tell you. And she won. They had to bring her, they had to like walk out in the lobby, tell her, and she could then like come up to the front of the stage and be, and, and, you know, accept her award. I'm like, that is insane to me. Like, you know, congratulations. Like, that's a huge achievement. First black actress to, to win an Academy Award, like huge achievement. But also like, look at everything else, like literally everything else. Like that is great. Um, you know, that's a great first step, but, like, that also, like, is totally, uh, that doesn't mean that the movie's great, like, that doesn't mean that the time was great, that it was, like, oh, like, this is the time that, like, the first black actress was, was, was given an Oscar, like, think of the context of it, you know, so it's, it's kind of, like, a huge, like, it is, I'm so happy that they, put it back with that context like I'm so happy that they didn't just be like okay we're removing it like it's a problematic movie we're removing removing it because like then people can just watch it somewhere else with the exact same ideas that they would or like exact same interpretation and exact same whatever that they would just be thinking normally like at least HBO can kind of control the narrative a little bit of like hey think about this think about this when you're watching this movie so I don't know yeah, and kind of going off of what Autumn had said about um like how the like creators will like put their content out there and people have the uh choice to give their opinions on it uh years later, it really just um made me think about the help and um Viola Davis, how she ended up speaking out and was like, if I like she was I think she said uh the movie didn't give uh, the proper voice to black people that she would have liked and if she would have like had that mindset when she was doing the movie she wouldn't have done it yeah that's a really good point and I mean like Viola Davis anyway like the first role that she got was her breakout um what's that movie called um doubt doubt with Meryl Streep and Amy Adams um, she plays a single mother of a black youth who is mistreated by a clergy member in the Catholic Church. And she received an Oscar nomination for like a five minute scene or something. But it's like even that what is like placed in its context is rather um, narrow minded. 
you know, so it just goes to show you that we we clearly are still needing to have these conversations about film over and over because we can't seem to learn our lessons. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny to think about like watching movies like this is kind of similar to um, like talking to people, like talking to people who have like extremely like, you know, all of us are, I would say, pretty liberal. And um, when you're talking to someone who doesn't have the same mindset to the other extreme, um, where like, they can't hear the words you're saying, like, I'm sure all of us have experienced, like, not just about politics, but about anything, like when someone doesn't agree with you, it's hard for them to understand what you're saying. Um, So sometimes you have to tell them, it's hard, you have to play this balance, right? Like of, of speaking your truth, like speaking whatever you want to say, but like framing it in a way that their minds and ears like will accept it, if that makes sense. Um, so um, that was, I think, one of the things that I was thinking of with Gone with the Wind. Like there are so many other things that could have come from... Um, you know, like Hattie McDaniel, like going into other roles and going into whatever. Um, but you know, this was a horrible portrayal or not horrible, but like an extremely racist, like moment that, you know, was, was, is now like forever shown in film. Right. But at the time, um, you know, that may have been one of the only ways for the Academy to even see that black actresses are worthy of, of, you know, getting an Oscar and that like sucks to say, but like, I don't know, like it could be like years and years and like, it was like almost like the first inch of a step of getting people to, to recognize that like there is more truth, but since they can't see everything, it's like, this is like the one, one piece that they can swallow is this one like really racist depiction of black people. But now like we are so far removed from that like we we don't need that anymore we don't need these like baby baby steps that are like totally inappropriate so um I think that's like another reason why I'm like really happy that the context exists for people today to watch like we're not watching it in the 1940s we're not watching it in the nine like 1930 I looked it up it's 1939 so you're super close Whitney cool um (laughs) but yeah I think that context for anything in the past is important for like people of today and people of the future you know because like I don't know people just need more education I think and at the time that wasn't available um for so many people on so many levels but now it is so now I feel like there's no excuse like everything should be contextualized yeah I think that's like a super good segue into our main topic for this um podcast episode so we invited christina here because christina was the brilliant instigator behind a little project for the meme class together to come up with a black lives matter movie list so christina do you want to like walk us through the inspiration for this list first of all yeah um okay so i mentioned my semester in dc um that i did last year but i would consider that as like the very first time that I kind of became um, consciously politically active in terms of like forming, I've always had opinions before, but they weren't like, you know, super strong. It was like, okay, if people aren't talking about it or if people aren't like agreeing with me, whatever, like I I just was like, you know, they can live their lives. I can live mine. 
Um, and then being in DC totally changed my perspective on that. I was like, we are really the only people that like, like, it doesn't matter if you care about politics or not, because politics are happening, you know, whether or not you like it, politics are happening. So, um, you can either speak or you can not speak and have everyone else speak for you. And then, you know, like then the chance of, of the, the wrong side of history to, to be a parent, you know, um, so that's why I was thinking for this movie list. Um, we are me. We are entertainment people. Um, we are movie people, and this is like a time of quarantine. Um, so many people are protesting, which is awesome. Um, but that is also a thing that a lot of people can't do. You know, um, COVID is still very much a concern. I was at home. I, um, you know, am confined by. I'm living in my parents' house. Like. I'm confined by certain things, and I was just feeling so antsy. Um, I was very active on my social media, um, posting all these educational things, but I just wish I could, you know, at, after a certain point, I'm I'm just, like, scrolling and looking for new infographics, and, like, I just wish I could do something, like, physically do something. Um, and I was thinking, like, what... I saw all these media lists around, um, and the first movie that I was thinking of was Blind Spotting. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that movie, but oh my god, I saw that movie, like, when it came out, I loved it, I thought it was so good, um, and I was like, this is extremely relevant to what's happening right now, it's literally about police brutality, it's about, like, black frustration on, um, you know, like, not being uh, seen and heard, and the comparison between, um, the white experience and the black experience, and even though, even though, like, they might have grown up in the exact same way, like, white people have this innate privilege, and all these themes are in this movie, and I'm like, this is the perfect movie for someone to watch that might not fully understand, and I didn't see it on any existing media list, so I was like, maybe, you know, as memes, <laughs> that was just one movie I thought of, and all of us together probably are thinking of, like, a gazillion more movies that we want to share, um, that aren't, you know, on people's, like, accessible movie list so um i just thought that it could be like a small way for us to show um you know people that we are we do care about this movement like we do um want to speak about it and we do want to educate people and um you know we haven't been on campus we haven't been together in person in a really long time i'm talking about the program itself like the cohort um so i, w I just thought it would be a really good way to for all of us to you know contribute a little bit to this con this national conversation because this is literally the this is literally like a civil rights movement happening right now like this is a this is a moment in history that i hope um like i was i i hope doesn't lose steam anytime soon um so that was another reason why i thought you know like social media this is a physical thing this is a physical like document that we can you know keep posting and sharing and sending to our friends i i just sent it to my mom she said she loved it like sent it to my boyfriend's mom <laughs> like things like this you know like um but yeah i'm just happy that we you know all contributed because like as soon as i got out the idea everyone loved it everyone was contributing so much which i was so I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I don't know if people, because there's so many media lists. I didn't know that if people are just going to say like, I, I don't know the same, like three movies or four movies, but there was such a wide, diverse range of movies. Like we couldn't even fit nearly most of the, like we couldn't fit a lot of the movies just like logistically on this, on the Instagram thing. So um, I was just so happy to see so many people like feeling a similar way in terms of like contributing. Um, yeah.
Yeah, I know my favorite thing about the list that we created was not only that uh, it was a bunch of movies to begin with, but that they were also like you took the time to uh, section them and being like, okay, well, these are the different genres. Uh, Here's movies, but here's also TV shows. And the most important part, here's where you can find it to watch it. I think that uh, was probably the biggest uh uh contribution that you like took the time to put together all that information because a lot of people could have easily have seen a movie on there or a tv show and been like oh that sounds so interesting and then not know where to find it or not take the extra steps in order to find it so i'm glad that was uh definitely something that was put on there that we ended up sharing um I just know from like my personal experience, I hadn't even seen all of the movies or TV shows that was put on there. Um, but I did see, I think, I don't remember how many uh, we publicly put out, but I think out of all of them, I had seen maybe like nine or 10. And so yeah, I didn't even like, see, I didn't even see half of them. I, I saw way less than half of them. Like there were so many that people were suggesting that I was like, I I, I don't know like I, I, I heard it at the time it came out but then it didn't it didn't occur to me to watch it and I'm, that's another reason why I'm happy because then it gave me the excuse you know to like go back and think of all these movies and um, I watched that's been my movie list ever since we made it so um, and that's a long list so mm-hmm. you know you can spend plenty of time <laughs> just finding something but. yeah especially since Netflix put out their whole like uh, Black Lives Matter like uh, content like they kind of like aggregated it all into one section so uh that on top of the movie list that we created i think it's great uh summer watching content <laughs> hey christina where can people find the movie list on the meme program instagram um i think it's at at meme hold on yeah it's meme is spelled m-e-i-m and then it's by the way program <laughs> it's um m-e-i-m p-r-o-g-r-a-m no space at meme program you will be able to find the movie list but yes, um yes. yeah i also another thing that i you were speaking you were talking about like um where to watch um one of the things that was a little like pretty important to me um was like including the little description i i included like a description of uh underneath all of them and that kind of took the longest um the reason why it wasn't just like a list and shot out there and it's because like you can read like a plot synopsis for a lot of these things but some of these things are like the plot isn't really like what makes it important it's like the director it's the producer it's like the significance of the time and like Ava DuVernay like that is like literally one of the most prominent like black directors like female directors like the, I think the first the first black female um director and producer I think to to be on to to get an academy award for Selma um and she did, um, I didn't realize that she also did, um, When They See Us, which I saw, um, two times, which, oh my god, <laughs> I see Whitney's face right now, same, um, but listen, I didn't realize listen. she also did that, and, um, she also did 13th, which I saw when it came out too, and I was just like, ugh. like, all of these things were connecting that I, I didn't really think to look up until this list and like she is really the brain slash mastermind of depicting all of these really really important 
like really important significant pieces of media that I think all of us should watch. Like I think 13th should be like a required viewing for every single person in the United States. Yeah, like I so the reason why I had that like facial expression when you said uh when they see us is because I could not finish it. Like I got to episode 3 and I had a panic attack. Like I could not finish the series and that just kind of goes to show how like emotional it is and how wrapped up in like the series you get but also like the Central Park 5 they just they didn't deserve what came to them and it's like it just it gets my blood boiling when I think about it because it just angers me how corrupt our justice system is and like I even just recently, I've been watching a lot of documentaries and movies and all of that. And I just, oh man, my heart has been so heavy for the last couple of weeks. But it's like, these sort of things, like these stories need to be told so that other people can really wake up and recognize what's going on and what has happened and see that there's no change like Rodney King happened almost 30 years ago crazy like why like the civil rights movement happened 60 years ago it seems like every 30 years we need to make a national address that hey racism is still a thing systemic uh injustice is still a thing we need to take steps in ensuring that we're all free and all lives matter don't matter until black lives matter point blank yeah period oh yeah i was gonna say you um that is the same one of the one of the things on the list is um time the khalif browder story Mm -hmm. i don't know if you saw that one too um that was like that for me like it was i think it took me two tries to even like try to get close to finishing it is like you have a you have like a metaphysical reaction like you have a visceral reaction like watching this poor 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 boy and you're and it's chilling to think how real it is you know like it's chill and i think like that's the whole reason why i want to get into movies in the first place like the entire reason i'm in this program i think media like visual media like movies tv shows like you watch it thinking like oh you know i'm sitting back i'm relaxing for like two hours like whatever you can see something you don't have to do anything you just have to watch um and like with your lowered inhibitions and lowered everything like i think it's so much more effective to get through these really strong themes and these really strong things that like you could see the exact same thing happening in real life but you might not recognize like all of the context behind it because like you just see like one scene you know or or you see something that's so normal to you but when you're in a movie theater or when you're like watching a you intentionally put on a show on netflix like you're sitting there you're watching and you're you're you feel hurt like you feel like in pain for for a boy you don't know um but you know it's real and you know it's happening and even if it wasn't real you would still feel the same emotions you know like you just feel even more of them because it's like this poor 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 boy but yeah I think that's just like so important for people to watch because like oftentimes I feel like the most painful things are the most powerful like leave the most lasting impression and if that's what it takes for people to you know like 
pull up their panties and like get out there and like vote and protest and and demand like defunding the police and if that's what it takes like that's what it should take like you you know so i don't know yeah watching a movie is a fairly low risk act as opposed to living as a black person in america Mm -hmm. so it's the least i can do to turn on a two-hour movie or you know a six episode miniseries even if it takes 12 times, like Christina said, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's really important as, like, non-black people to to educate and to share. Because, like, you you guys have been living this your entire life and, and, and experiencing it in ways no one, no one can really understand. And no one can, like, they can say that they understand, but no one can really understand. And, like it's tiring and it's exhausting and that shouldn't be your burden because that's everyone's problem like it's everyone's problem and it's not even your fault that like you're experiencing all of this stuff and i think one of something like when i was like really like during the beginning of all of like right after george floyd's um murder and um i was just really really like sharing all this stuff on all this information on my instagram like instagram stories and a girl in my class, like in my year, um, was like, I, I'm I'm half um, white and half Asian, and so like I never really know what, like you know whether I consider myself like I don't know what I consider myself, you know, like I'm just kind of like oscillating, um, because I'm extremely passing, I'm extremely whatever, um, but she wrote me this inter- this reply on Instagram saying like I'm really proud of you as like a non-black person of color to like educate so many people and like you know be vocal about it and I was like yeah you know what I am a non-black person of color like I am like I guess technically a minority and and this is kind of like the perfect you know little little niche that like I can kind of reach in terms of like the Asian Americans like I I don't know how much you guys know about like the relationships between like Asian Americans and black people but it's not really um historically very good and and it's it's oftentimes really hard especially for older the older generations like the immigrants and whatever because um we've been fed this this concept of like or they've been fed this concept of like model minority and and all these things but it's 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 directly related to um the black experience and so that was something like really lasting with me like I think it should be all of our responsibilities you know to take it upon ourselves to educate ourselves and other people like you shouldn't be waiting around for a black person to tell you their experience I think that's ridiculous and also like not their job like wake up you're in america like this is your job you know as like a citizen so yeah i kind of want to echo what you just said uh like don't wait around for a black person to tell you their experience like do your own homework do your own due diligence uh there's a reason why um like the best-selling uh, books right now on Amazon is all of the books that have to deal with like uh, racism and all of that in this country. And I think that is speaking volumes in the sense that people do want to learn. But there's also a good section of our country that either want to remain ignorant or they just don't care. And um I have a friend that I went to high school with and she is like 
a social like media justice warrior <laughs> like she's going off on not going off in that sense but uh she's literally just like commenting on people's statuses trying to like debunk uh a lot of their um kind of like what they're saying when it's like rooted in like racist um uh what's the words um uh, racism well yes, oh, yes. Racism. <laughs> <laughs> but uh like she's just going in their comments and she's like this is wrong this is why it's wrong um and she's like actually taking the time to do that and i'm like sitting here now in los angeles and i'm like wow like i'm so proud of her for actually taking that step and doing that because i know a lot of people wouldn't put themselves out there like that and when she does she gets a lot of uh like pushback not from the person that she uh targeted with that comment but also from like a lot of their friends who share the similar opinions but like she's standing her ground and a lot of people are coming to support her and so i feel like in this day and age we definitely need to uh be like we need to listen to one another but also like don't be racist <laughs> like I didn't think that would be something I would have to say in 2020, but here we are. Don't be racist. Listen to people's stories when they tell you that they experienced something because just because you didn't experience it doesn't invalidate them and you don't know what they've gone through. So don't project your emotions and your lifestyle onto them because that's not fair. Yeah, um, actually, that kind of reminds me of, so, this Blackout Tuesday that happened relatively recently, um, so I was, like, pretty early in the morning, um, you know, was one of, like, the first of my timeline, like, my personal timeline to, like, post the Black Square, I didn't post anything, I didn't hashtag Blackout Tuesday, I didn't hashtag anything, I just posted a Black Square, and one of my friends, or one of my followers, like, uh, commented, like, hey, like, you should delete this post, like, um, blah, blah, like, it's, it's clogging up people's feeds, they're not getting information, like, all of the things that now we know, but at the time, like, I don't know if you, like, remember that day specifically, but earlier in the day was very different than later in the day in terms of, like, regards of this black swear, and at the time, I was pretty adamant, I was, like, I was, like, I really, I, I can't do anything, like, I can't protest, I can't, I can't, like, do anything this was before I made the movie list um and I just was like I really want to like this is my form of virtual pro like I got defensive like I'm, I'm not gonna lie I got defensive and then she tagged me on this on this post um that a black activist made talking about the black tile I saw all these other like pieces of information like contact talking about the black tile and why it's harmful and then I was like oh I'm sorry. Like I deleted it and I messaged her privately. I was like, thank you so much for sharing. I'm sorry. I got defensive. Like, but now I know. And now I'm telling other people. And I did tell other people. I privately messaged a bunch of people to take it down. And I think that's kind of really important in terms of like, it's so easy to get defensive, like whether or not you think it's right or not, like what you think doesn't matter because like what happens is like the only thing that matters. Like, you know, right now is not a time for you to care about your pride because like your pride is so inexistent compared to like a life, like a literal life of a black person, you know? Um, and I think I, I, I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's 
pretty conservative like i don't know if you guys know like there's a website that you can see like the political scale of um your locations and and zero is like neutral and um i like negative five is like pretty republican and and lancaster like last year i was like negative 16 or something like that like it's a very like very conservative place mentally and, yeah. Um, yeah, I went to school, went to in, school Reading, in Reading, so, so I, oh, I right. know. Oh, like, right, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> and so because of that, like, one thing I was kind of expecting, like, during this, the beginnings of this movement, not the beginnings of this movement, post-George Floyd, um, because this movement started with Trayvon Martin, right, like, way back, like, I was in middle school, um, but after George Floyd died, I was kind of, like, preparing myself. I was readying myself to, like, delete a bunch of people off Facebook like I was writing myself to like be like constant like not wanting to go on social media because I'm frustrated with like local followers or whatever but like I was really proud of some of the like I got way more positive responses in terms of like people posting things about like oh I've grown up in Lancaster and like I want to just verbalize that like I'm learning a lot and like I when I was in elementary school and middle school I didn't know all these like I saw a lot of really heartfelt Facebook posts on friends and like old friends from like middle school and elementary school that I did not expect to like share views like share those views and so I think it's just it's really obviously like if you when you learn um like you don't know until you know right like you don't know until you're taught or you don't know until you're educated or you don't know until that knowledge has entered your brain like there are some people who really they grow up in an extremely conservative town with an extremely conservative family with an extremely concerned like every form of information that they've ever received is 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 something that like we we personally don't agree with right um but they might not know that and they they don't understand and so i have a lot of respect for people who once they go to college which is for a lot of people's first times experiencing people like other people of color and and other perspectives and diverse views like when they have that information and they have that knowledge and then they make up their own mind like exactly what you said autumn like they make up their own mind like that's their own right like I have so much respect for those people because it's it's scary to be the only person in your family that believes the way you do you know the only person in your community to believe the way that you do but like it's right and so like I just hope those people don't feel like too prideful to switch I hope those people don't feel too like defensive to to consider that like, you know, like, the, what they've thought is, like, the inkling of the truth might, like, be the truth, you know? Um, I hope that those people have, like, the courage and are proud to be, like, yeah, I used to think that way because I didn't know any better and I was only fed this information, but now that I've had more information, like, I'm, I'm forming my own opinions. Like, I hope people have the courage to do that because I know it's scary when you're one in, you know, thousands of people in your town or whatever you know whatever the situation may be yeah i i think everything you said is great (laughs) uh yeah i kind of have like a question going off of that so what do we think it looks like to be a consumer right now who is trying to be responsibly anti-racist what are things people can do in addition to watching all the movies on this list. <laughs> Always plug. <laughs> Always plug that list. I think one of the things that uh, 
consumers can do in order to be like responsible is to like call out the brands that they uh really like and to really like if they haven't made well okay context so a lot of brands have so far put out uh posts like hey we support the black lives matter movement and all of that and i think uh one of the things that is really important is to call them out and ask them how are they supporting the black lives like black lives matter are you just saying that you're going to do it are you donating money to causes are you taking that extra step to onboard uh black members onto your team what does your team look like are there people of color on your team like i think these are a lot of um questions that we need to ask of the brands that we support in order to ensure that we as responsible consumers are purchasing things from the people that we I guess I would say uh like they they're doing what they can to make us uh a more um equitable country yeah put your money where your mouth is yeah yeah actually there's an app um that my friend told me about um I was looking it up to figure out the name but it's called goods unite us and um it's for the consumer to look up companies and you can see very clearly like where where their donation money lies on the political spectrum and it, it's it it's almost every company like literally it's just this huge database um it's called goods unite us again so people can download it and use it um but yeah like every single company you can see like if you're on a gas if you're on a road trip and like i was just on a road trip if you're on a road trip and there's like 50 gas stations all next to each other like you know to you know go to some and not the others like you can quickly look it up on your phone i feel like it's really it's a small gesture that you can do um but it's 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 a start you know like it's start like you're ideologies are one thing and your behavior should follow your ideologies in my personal opinion so um recently i i kind of before i i didn't really think that much about it but re as of recently i've really really been thinking a lot about it and i've really been trying to um you know support more independent businesses support more black owned businesses support less businesses that are donating to trump's campaign and and because you know there are so many people and so many um exactly like you said whitney like so many companies are just trying to uh virtue signal or or show save face for the public um because their their personal money is at stake and or their revenues are at stake like we shouldn't give them that satisfaction that they can just you know continue business as usual and they won't have any um you know like repercussions i think that if they aren't on the right side of history they shouldn't be as grossly profitable as they are so i think that's a good point whitney and that's well, another should... that's another way i think sorry another way to be um really socially conscious conscious is is thinking of people who are really um, you know, like starting a business is a lot of work. It's a lot of money. Um, a lot of people, it's, it's a lot of effort for a lot of people. And so if you are a consumer and you have the luxury of, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm choosing where to eat today, or I'm choosing like, you know, like I need to buy a new dress. Like 
it, it just takes a little bit of time for you to research. It just takes a little bit of time for you to look into it. And I'm sure it, it just, it, it's, I think it means more for them than the effort it takes for you to do it because you're you're going to do it already. So, I think it's really powerful and if we start it, it's the only problem is that it's not in our habits, right? Like we've never done this before. We've never consciously like thought so much usually like we're just kind of like looking at places like oh, I'm thirsty, let me go to Starbucks. Like, no, maybe we should go to Dunkin instead. Like, oh, I have to go get wood. Let's go to Home Depot. Like, actually, let's go to Lowe's. You know, like it's it's just a small switch because like you have to put in the effort, but if everyone does it, that's a sizable change, you know? And everyone starts with one person. If Horton hears a who, taught me anything. <laughs> Thanks, movies. Should we end with maybe reading the movie list and then just close it out? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Autumn, do you want to start? Sure. So once again, if you're looking for the movie list, it is on the Instagram page of the meme program, which can be found at M-E-I-M program on Instagram. In the drama category, we have Body and Soul, directed by Oscar Michaud, which is available on the Criterion channel. Boys in the Hood, directed by John Singleton, is available to watch on Hulu. Blind Spotting, directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada, is available on Hulu with HBO Max. For documentaries, we have 13th, directed by Ava DuVernay. Uh, you can watch that on Netflix. Um, Time, the Khalif Browder story, directed by uh, Jenna First. Um, it's a Netflix original series. It's only six episodes. And then Hale County This Morning, This Evening, directed by Ramel Ross. Um, you can rent it on YouTube or Amazon Prime. True Stories, uh, Mississippi Burning, directed by Alan Parker, is available to watch on Amazon Prime. Uh, Fruit Valley Station, directed by Ryan Coogler, is available on Tubi. And Hidden Figures, directed by Theodore Melfi, is available on Hulu. Historical movies include 12 Years a Slave, directed by Steve McQueen, which is available to rent on YouTube, iTunes, and Amazon Prime. Mudbound is directed by Dee Rees and is available on Netflix. Harriet is directed by Casey Lemons and is available to rent on YouTube and Amazon Prime. Um, love Stories. If Beale Street Could Talk, directed by Barry Jenkins, you can watch on Hulu. Atlantics, directed by Maddie Diop, you can watch it on Netflix. And then Queen and Slim, directed by Melina Matsukis, you can rent it on YouTube or Amazon Prime. Scary Stories, Eve's Bayou, directed by Casey Lemons, available on Hulu. Get Out, directed by Jordan Peele. You can rent on YouTube or Amazon Prime. And Us by Jordan Peele. You can watch on Hulu with HBO Max. Spike Lee movies include Do the Right Thing, which is available to rent on YouTube, iTunes, and Amazon Prime. Malcolm X is available to watch on Netflix. And Black Klansman is available to watch on Hulu with HBO Max. LGBTQ plus movies. Paris is Burning, directed by Jenny Livingston. Um, you're going to have to get a DVD for this one. I couldn't find it anywhere online. <laughs> Please buy the DVD. It's great. Yeah. Um, Pariah, directed by Dee Rees. Um, you can rent on YouTube, iTunes, or Amazon Prime. And Moonlight, directed by Barry Jenkins. You can watch on Netflix. And Shows. 
Dear White People, created by Justin Simeon. It's a Netflix original series. There's three seasons, 10 episodes each. She's Gotta Have It, created by Spike Lee, is also a Netflix original series. There's two seasons, 19 episodes total. When They See Us, created by Ava DuVernay. Uh, It's a Netflix original series. It's one season and four episodes long. And that's it. Yep. So that's our... uh, posted list that's again uh on instagram at the meme program m-e-i-m-p-r-o-g-r-a-m and that's a wrap for uh this week's episode of highlights from the cliff my name is whitney i'm autumn and i'm christina and we'll see you guys hopefully next week if not sometime later see ya stay safe and stay home wash your hands (laughs) that bye